Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. There's still time. The AFTN Soccer Show. Broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Muscovian Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. He's back from his secret holiday. <laughs> no, we can talk about it now. Okay, so... Well, we can reveal to everyone now that he was over in Spain uh, at a Louis Rubiales Appreciation Society meeting. Wait, wait, wait. Who is that again? He's the head of the Spanish Federation that kissed oh, yeah, the female no. player. <laughs> no, don't. don't. <laughs> hey, I am a hugger and a kisser, but please do not leave I know. me with that, dude. I mean, that was the most inappropriate thing at a World Cup presentation since the Queen gave a quick rub-and-tug to Jeff Hurst back in 1966. Oh, my God. He, he definitely needs to go. <laughs> and Yes. Yeah. And it's quite amazing that he's still hanging on, to be honest. But your holiday. Yeah. You were partly in the House of Mouse. Yes. Well, you, you were down in LA. Let's, let's just make mention yeah, of so that. This was uh, essentially a... Uh... The, a fi- finally doing a part of a trip that we were supposed to do in March 2020. So, oh, that was tied in with the cruise thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. We so were supposed to go for a, week, a week before going on this cruise with my wife's family. We were going to go down, do Disney, hang out, whatever. And then obviously the pandemic hit, and then we just haven't been able to make it work. And finally, or this year we made it a significant priority, which uh, <laughs> meant that I had to miss the Derby match, which which really sucked. But um White Caps Portland? No. No, <laughs> no Michael. Uh the uh the Pacific uh Vancouver Sea game. But um no, so yeah, we went we went down on uh flew down on a Thursday and uh Friday we went to Universal, which was great. I've never I've never been there ever before. My wife went when she was like a kid or whatever. Did because um, I've not been to the LA Universal since they built the Harry Potter. But right, right. I've been to the one in Florida. Is it two separate parks? There? No, it's all it's all one park. It's all in the one park. So, did you get to experience the Harry Potter things? I, oh yeah. Like we we had a day at Universal in Florida, and I spent more than half the day in the Harry yeah. Potter park because yeah. I just could not tear myself I, away. It was just like magnificent. The the Diagon Alley and the whatever at, at in Florida is way better, I think. Uh, not, not that it's bad in California, but mm. it's not 
quite on the same level. I don't think it's quite as big and whatever. But no, we we didn't <laughs> we we chose not to get a a rental car when we were down there. So we were Ubering places because even though it was not cheap, it was cheaper than getting a rental car and parking it at our hotel and all this stuff. So we didn't get there. We didn't really do a good job of getting there super early. So we were there, we we're probably there at like 9 a.m., like right when it opened. So we didn't we didn't that, that's yeah, super it wasn't, early. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't wasn't like our days at, at, at Disney. Uh where we were there like for rope drop, which was awesome. But um we uh so we went in and we <laughs> We we're like we didn't do as much research for for Universal as we did for Disney and stuff. Mm. Like talking about like friends of the show, like Will Will Silver, uh, he helped us a lot. Him and Naomi helped us a lot with uh, with Disney, and what to do and where to go and where to get the good food and all that kind of stuff. But so we went in and we just went on like the Kung Fu Panda like ride experience thing. That was like the first closest thing to the gate to or closest thing to where we walked in and. How we found our way about the park, whatever, and then the next thing we went to was was the the Harry Potter area, and so we did the we had like because it was early, we had like a really really short wait for the the ride where you're flying on a broomstick or whatever. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, you you would yeah. Have you done? I assume you done. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was quite. That was that. Did was you have good. a butter beer? Yeah. So we, we did that. We did the the what's what's the what's Buckbeak called? What is he? What kind of animal is he? Buckbeak, Buckbeak, Buckbeak. Yeah, Hagrid's flying dragon. Oh, is that what it's called? Griffin? Is it a hippogriff? A hippogriff? Uh, probably a hippogriff. Yeah, that's it. So we went on that little roller coaster, and then we got a butter beer. And the butter beer is we did. It's like a slushy. Is the one, and so with the caramel ice cream on top. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Yeah, I do. I I don't know how much sugar is on it. Yeah, but oh boy, it. (laughs) Yeah. It I had was, two. <laughs> yeah, we only, we only had one because we tried to have a lot of. We basically got everything and like shared it the four of us, so we could like try more of different things oh, or whatever. Cool. It was way better than I thought, but I thought I was gonna love it. And the kids were gonna be bored to death. But the the uh, the studio tour, yeah, on the tram or whatever. The like, oh, that that was so good. It was because yeah. it's essentially essentially a ride because they have these like, you go into a tunnel and you're on like a sound screen and the the. The train locks into a thing, and you're on a gimbal or whatever, and you're like, I, I, I don't know if it's it still really like, like, do, do they still have the Jaws thing coming out the water, or is that all? Yep. Yeah, so that's yeah, still Jaws, there. Jaws didn't come out of the water, but he ate like someone. Yeah, you go through a little am, am you know, Amity, New York. Yeah, scene or whatever. Yeah, so we were there like all day, like until they kicked us out, you know, kind of thing. Like everything's closed. So the Saturday we went out. Oh, we went out and got In and Out Burger, and we did a little bit of grocery ah. shopping and whatever um but we uh that that's when all these news reports like the hurricane yeah because it's like you brought the weather with you well you brought brought the weather back to vancouver with you i think yeah so so they they were like yeah this is serious don't go outside blah blah and then one of the things we were trying to do when we were there was to go and hang out and watch mark DeSantos's team play yes i was gonna bring it around to football well and then kai kamara was also in town while we were there so oh. I was hoping to, in an ideal world, I was hoping to go to both those games. But what ended up happening was because of the hurricane, the LAFC game got postponed from the Sunday push yeah. to Wednesday. So I was like, oh, shoot, like this is going to mess things up. But uh, with our Disney, we're supposed to go like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then we were flying home on Sunday. So what we did was we moved our Disney tickets. So we did Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which actually ended up being quite a bit better for us. 
And so anyway, so Sunday we literally just stayed in a hotel. Like we didn't go anywhere. Like we didn't even go to the pool because there was a little bit of like lightning in the area and stuff. And and so Sunday we're sitting there too. And and it was supposed to really hit, I think was it the Monday? I can't remember now. But anyways, we're sitting in the hotel. My my wife was like sleeping. My daughter was like, I don't know, playing something or doing something. And my son and I were watching a show and I was sitting on the chair next to our bed and he was on the bed. And I was just like, I was like, what was that? And then I like I grab my phone, I look it up, and like sure enough, there was yeah. an earthquake. And I said to my son, I was like, "Did you feel that?" He's like, "Yeah." Did you kick the bed? I was like, "No, I did not kick the bed." <laughs> so your wife woke up, and you're like, "Did, did the no. earth move for you?" <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, Michael. No, my wife totally slept through it. My daughter didn't even notice, but my son felt it. I felt it, and yeah. So it was it, it was like a five point one in Ventura County. So we felt like an aftershock or whatever. But yeah, so it was it was it was interesting. So then Sunday, Monday, we literally didn't go anywhere, do anything really. Like we just laid oh. low. I think we on Monday, I think it was fine. Like Monday, I think things were back to normal, and we like walked to get some food and a little bit of grocery shopping. Tuesday, we did Disneyland, awesome sixteen hour day. Wednesday, we slept in, let our feet rest, and then went to the game at night. Didn't get to actually connect with Mark in person. I messaged with him ah, a bunch. But, I was going to ask uh, you that. No, that that was the worst part. I got yeah, I got to connect with. Um, I got to say hi to Beta because Beta was still in Colorado, right? So I got to say hi to Beta. Oh, which was of great. course. Um, but and then Max, I didn't get to talk to him. I mean, I saw Max, but I didn't get to like. Yeah, it was too loud and whatever. Well, you were just a, a long from the supporters groups as well. Yeah. Well, we were. We were okay. So I, I, I haven't watched a lot of LAFC games. I've seen a few. But the, I guess the, the tickets that Mark gave us are probably where they send all their family and friends or whatever. So we were like right above. So like on the 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 players side, the bench side, they have these lower like VIP areas, and the one in the corner closest to the supporters is like a a VIP VIP area where there's no because all the other VIP areas have like a a little like a, a pseudo stanchion or rope preventing you from going on the pitch, but in the corner there's no rope, and it's where like all the celebrities come oh wow so like so we were in like row j so we were like i don't know 10 yeah we were 10 to 15 rows up because there's this extra section in front but like yeah it was like so mario lopez from saved by the bell was down there doing like access hollywood stuff and it was like he was there oh uh, do, do you watch you watch um karate kid cobra kai no just, just oh. take it that anything you're gonna ask me i do not watch Anyways, the the okay. Do you, have you heard? Do, of the... do you watch Australian football? Yeah. Do you watch uh, the Kiwi Chatham Cup? Yeah. <laughs> have you been okay. watching uh, Pharaoh's teams you, in Europe? Yeah. Have you heard the that um, DC put out a movie about Blue Beetle? No. It's out in the theaters right now. No. Anyways, the Blue Beetle from that the main, one of the main characters from Koba Kai, uh, he was there uh, in the section. So the, all the people so, were. What, which one is him. it? Is it John, Paul, George, or Ringo? Exactly. That was feeling a bit down. Exactly. You're so, 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 so good, Mike. Um, and then uh, there was, was there one other person? Or maybe the only other person might have been, uh, you know, owner, one of the owners there. What's his name? Colin Hanks. Tom you didn't Hanks. see Will Ferrell. No, I didn't see him. He might have oh. been there, but I didn't see him. But anyways, the, the, it was, the stadium is. Yeah, I was going to, we'll, we'll get quality. back around to football before we, we lose everybody half an hour into this. It, it was quite, quite quality. And, um, Good atmosphere throughout as well. Unlike the Chicago match tonight, which we'll come to. Right. Yeah, there was. Well, actually, it, we were like, because it was a rescheduled match. It was midweek. And mm. when we got there, I was just like, I was like, really? I was like where? my wife even said, where is everyone? Are, are they <laughs> well, on Vancouver time? 
Well, no, yeah. So no, they they got there for the start, but yeah, I mean, uh, the supporters, the supporters really bring it. Obviously, a very heavy uh, Latin American uh, flavor to the support. Really quality. They sing about seven to nine songs a half. You know, like five minutes each, like nonstop, really loud. Um, it, it's it's good. It's, it's I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's it's good. It Are is, you going to bring some of what you found to Willoughby? Oh, you. I mean, you always pick up. You always pick up variations on things that you, you know, or that you. You can find be pissing in cups and throwing it at Bobby yeah, no. Smitty Otis. Oh no, there won't be any of that. But no, but it, honestly, Michael, in terms of. My experiences at MLS grounds, it's 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 got to be up there and and potentially even better than like Timber's Army. Like it's oh it, really? It, 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 it maybe you know maybe Timber's Army at its peak is is, is probably better, right? But it, it is it is quite good. It, it is it's very, always it looked is very great loud. on TV, and it's on it is on my my list of stadiums to do. I'm hoping possibly to get a chance to do it this year, depending on how the playoffs play out. Yeah, if you get a chance, you you will you will enjoy it. My my one bad experience of going to the stadium, I'm so I'm so used to um, uh, being blessed to have uh, uh, good access to stadiums where ah. I can I can put things in the ground that I need later. And so I went I went to the the stadium thinking I, I read and I was like, oh yeah, my 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 Concacaf bag will be fine. Oh, you and then my wife brought a bag. My wife brought a bag. Well, it was more the size. You know, I was oh. bring something that's bigger than your hand or something. I'm like, oh, this is like my size of my hand. My wife brought a bag too. I was like, I think your bag's gonna be too big. She's like, no, it's my purse. I'm like, I don't. Yeah. So we got there and they're like, they would not let us in with our bags. So we had oh. to like pay for like a bag check thing. It was kind of annoying, but whatever. It, it's understandable and it's the way things are now and whatever. But um, yeah, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I never had to deal with this because I'm always in the ground early and I and I. I have my stuff in the, in the stadium that I need for later and whatever it was kind of weird, but, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, I'm really thankful, obviously really thankful to Mark. Like he, uh, I have a lot of time for, for Mark DeSantos going back to the, the Swan guard days when, when mm -hmm. I would have a the conversation with him after, after the match every so often. And then, um, his time here and his time after here. And, uh, well, I mean, I, I did joke about him taking over as a Canada job. Well, We'll talk about him in the next part because he could yeah. be a name that is in the frame and I don't think a lot of people are clamouring for him. But yeah, we'll come to that. Let, let's get away from your your two-hour holiday show. <laughs> sorry, um, I'm sorry. No, it's all right. I, you'll, mark, you'll stamp this, right? So people can just skip ahead. Or oh, yeah. Yeah. So do you want me to tell you the rest of this? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe later. Maybe we'll later. do another. We'll do. We'll do it another time. We can do that as an extra podcast. <laughs> Let's get to the football chat, and we're going to talk Whitecaps in this part because it's been a pretty good start to this wow. seven-game road stretch. Incredible. Six out of six. Yeah. Not only six out of six, they've won four of their last five MLS matches. And they've now won three of their last four road games, including that one win against LA Galaxy in the uh, League's Cup. So from not being able to win, which I'm now starting to think that Julian Gressel was a curse, Julian Gressel has left <laughs> and we can now win on the road. Who, who needs Germans? Oh, Aside man. from Axel, if Axel's listening. Obviously, we'll, we'll keep Axel. He's doing quite a good job at... at 
building things at the club just now. But no, it's been like fantastic because you look at this seven-game road stretch, and Harmy touched on this in the show last last time out. Bookended by two games that I thought, yeah, there's six points because of how they're playing. Portland, which I know is not an easy place to go and play, but they have been playing terrible. And they were coming into that on the back of being absolutely destroyed by Houston 5 0. Mm-hmm. And they sacked Gio Savarese after it. Yeah. And then the last of the seven games is Colorado in that rearranged game. And they're not doing well just now as well. So you think, right, the six points yeah. there. Colorado is rubbish. Yeah. That's that's who LAFC smashed. 4 yeah. 0 plus two goals called back. TFC's in between that as well. And. Obviously, things have changed with TFC, including our win tonight. But yeah. it's like you, you're looking at that, and I'm thinking, well, there's nine points there. But I'm thinking to myself, that's not enough because the points dropped at home and the yeah. big three points dropped to, to San Jose. And it's like, well, we have to try and get some points anywhere. And you looked at these two games against Chicago and New York this Saturday, and you're thinking, they're very winnable games against Chicago just above the playoff line and New York City not doing very well either although they then snap a five game mm-hmm. winless streak by getting a win tonight against Montreal yeah. but you're thinking hey, you can take points from that and it was all about how much rotation would there be and I think what is helping the Whitecaps in this though is they've got this international break now mm-hmm. and it actually works in our favour that Canada haven't got any games in this. Although I do believe we're going to lose Viti, Cordova and Javine Brown. Right. So they, they're likely to be going away. But it's it's not... It's a seven-game road spell, but it's not horrendous. To get off the mark the way they have is, is absolutely huge. And I, I can't believe that... They are where they are, if I'm honest. Like I, well, I mean, like, we, we we've now finished. Like we're recording this Wednesday night, so we've finished this evening fifth. in fifth place in the West. And like go, going into tonight, everyone was talking about, oh, well, they're three points off third, but they're also three points off tenth. Yeah, that's how tight the West is. Yeah. After tonight's games, they're up to fifth from seventh. They're three points off second. Yeah, exactly. And four points now off tenth. And things really went their way tonight, right? Because the Galaxy yeah. beat San Jose, and then what was the other? What was the other game that went their way tonight? There was another one that went their way. Was it Houston? Well, Houston beat Columbus. Um, Houston, if they had dropped a couple of points, the Whitecaps would have been even higher in the standing. I could we could have done with Austin beating Seattle. Right. Because then we would be really right in the mix. I think we'd have finished tonight third, actually, if, if those results had held. It's just been, I think, better than anyone could have hoped. There's a downside, which is the Portland and the Chicago games, they've made them more difficult than they needed to. Both games, they could have been out of sight. I think you're being overcritical, although I think you're accurate. Uh, I think the bigger thing that, that needs to be maybe mentioned or, you know, people have talked about this, but like both sides were quite poor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like that's one of the worst Portland sides yeah. I, I've seen for like for a Cascadian Derby. There was very little fight for them. 
Yeah. Yeah, they let them back into it in the second half, but they immediately snuffed them back out again. Did, did you feel... let them back in five minutes from time, and all of a sudden you bring that brilliant crowd into it. Yeah. They didn't, uh, like Portland didn't really get the, the, you know, new manager kind of balance that you would, that they oh. were hoping for. Well, they maybe got it tonight. <laughs> right. But um, it also felt like, and you tell me if you, you feel differently, but like it felt like Portland were maybe hoping more to play on the counter. And the Whitecaps were also just happy to, to let Portland yeah. have more, more of the ball. And it was like that ruined Portland's plan. Like they were out of ideas. And didn't yeah, really, it's like you have it. No, you have it. No, yeah. you have it. Which doesn't make for a great football match. But um, no. I think was, you don't care when you get the result, right? No, but I, I, what I did like from both these games is how we started quick on the front foot. Yeah, we've got the most goals in MLS this year in the first half hour of games. Seventeen goals. It's league leading. Wow. Which, but I saw that start tonight in the Whitecaps match report, and it's like, oh wow. Yeah, and that we'll, is I mean, we'll we'll come to tonight's game in a sec, but I mean that was just right from the off they launched attacks, and it was a bit the same in Portland. I mean, it was a big three-two win in the end. They needed to manage that game better, but they got away with it. So, I mean, it wasn't the end of the world. The two goals they gave up, I feel, could have been better defended. But yeah. overall, it was a very, very good performance. And as you say, like Portland, managerless, well, interim manager, but they looked poor. And it's a shadow of timber sides that we've seen up to maybe three years ago, they've been poor for a couple of years now. Yeah. Yeah. And the Whitecaps have done damage to them in Portland for a couple of years now, or mm -hmm. if it was two, three years in a row or two, two years in a row or whatever, where they've gone. Yeah, they've done well. I mean, I, I was disappointed not to get down because I haven't been down. There was a good crowd too. Wasn't there like a hundred? Nineteen, I think. But was there like a hundred away supporters? Like it was. A, it looked, it was, it it was All I know is it was bigger than the last the last match earlier this year. I, I want to get down and see it because, like a couple of months ago, I had a YouTube recommendation which was about Walmart's closed its last store in Portland. There's no Walmarts now in oh. Portland. Because of shoplifting and oh, in downtown, yeah. yeah. But like on the outskirts as well, like everywhere in Portland, no WalMarts now. Really? Yeah. Is that so Target? Is that Target still downtown? Because I know that was having that. I don't know because that—that's what I was going to say. It's like I've since then I've had all these other recommended videos, and downtown Portland. Obviously, everyone knows about the riots. It looks like a war zone. The shops, mm. even the ones that are still open, they're all boarded up. They've got bars in the window. There's graffiti everywhere. There's what, stuff. Like Powell? What about Powell's? It's still there. And yeah. the, oh, I forget, I wanted to say Zach's Delicatessen. I don't know if it was Zach's Delicatessen. But there's a lovely a, like Jewish Delicatessen. And they do turkey pastrami that's to die for. Hmm. Um, so they had a couple of locations in Portland and one of them's closed. Is the food truck place still there? There's still some pods, but a few of them have gone. And the egg carton place that we went to, oh yeah, yeah, they're they're knocking that down. So that pod's really? gone now as well. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. That was a good one. Yeah, it was a bit out of town, but I mean, it was good. But like, 
Like, if any of the Southsiders that were there, like, let us know your thoughts on it because mm-hmm. these videos that I've seen, there's no other word for it. The place looked like an absolute shithole. And I've got to say, I'm watching that thinking, next time I go down, I think I'm going to stay in the outskirts and not in downtown because I like don't... Beaver, like Beaverton or something? Possibly. Because I don't fancy, like, Caitlin taking Annie out for a walk while I'm at the game because yeah. it does not look safe at all. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So I'd like to hear the experiences, actually, the, the Southsiders that did go down, if that's maybe a skewed thing from the YouTube videos or if it if it is true. But the stores, there's so many closed stores. And I'd mm-hmm. be really curious if some of the, the food places that I've been to over the years, if they are even still there. The Frank Scotsman moved to Beaverton. Mm. It was a great fish and chip little place. Because well, yeah, you it's not only just the the rise. It was COVID first, right? COVID. Yeah. Then well, rise, I mean, COVID's yeah. decimated a lot of downtowns because San Francisco's been like that as well. So many businesses have moved out of the downtown core that it's like yeah. a ghost town as well. And they're they're having social issues as well with homelessness and uh, crime and stuff as well. So it's like some of my favorite visits. It's like oh, I don't know if I want to to go back there. Back to the football though. So the Caps were two up by half-time. First goal, Ryan Gold in the 13th minute. Not the prettiest finish, but yep. good movement to set it up. Ali Ahmed to Sam. You've seen that. Yeah. You've seen the chemistry starting to come together that maybe wasn't there for the San Jose game, understandably, because like Richie Larea had a couple of passes where he was cutting it back or playing the passes and the runs weren't made against San Jose. Big difference in this game. It's like folks seem to have that chemistry which you would expect. They're on the same page. It was great build-up. It was slightly fortunate because Shop's shot was deflected by White. Yeah. And White gets the assist. Yeah, White gets the assist. I thought the finish was good from from goal. I guess. It was the the awkward... Yeah, it was the awkward deflection or whatever that that totally... Yeah, maybe so, I'm being a bit harsh. It felt like Portland had no chance, right? Like, or the yeah. keeper had no chance. It was Bingham, right? Yeah. Bad hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was like he had no no chance whatsoever. Second goal, though. The the sublime pass from Ryan Gold. It's like he's right at the byline, and you're like, oh, how's he going to be able to to get across in from there? Not just get across in. That was pinpoint of where he wanted it. Onto yeah. the head of Brian White. I've got to say, though, if this was reversed, or if I'm a Portland fan, you're oh, saying, yeah. how did Brian White outjump Claudio Bravo, who yeah. did not seem to even get off the ground? You should yeah. not be outjumped as a central defender for a ball like that coming in. Yeah, no, that's fair. It was, yeah, it was very, very poor defended, defending. Great header by Brian, though. I mean, he yeah. took it well, you, fantastically. You that's what, he, what he's so good at. But I mean, you're you're two up at the half, and I thought, oh, they're coasting. Portland are not, they're not at the races here. They're not going to get into this at all. But then they did get back into it. Seven, eight minutes into the second half, Felipe Mora, and yeah. I, I will say, for like putting all rivalry aside and stuff, he's been through hell mm. with his knee injury. This is his first start that he had this year. It's his first goal of the year. It was his first start since October 2021. And you saw the joy from getting the goal when he scored a second goal tonight. Yeah. So it's kind of lit a little bit of fire under him. It, it was a even more than white. It was a very clinical header. Yeah. I, 
again, I will say, well, good cross in by Espria, but yeah. I don't know that Ranko should get out jumped that no. way as well. I mean, Mora did well to get to it. I'm not sure Ranko could have got to it. It just felt he did, didn't really make a challenge to try and get to it. He was maybe just caught wrong foot and just couldn't get up before it was too late and it was in the back of the net. Speaking of Esprit, do you see his bicycle attempt off his shin? In the yes. Because that was quite nice. Yeah. Gold from the spot on the air mark, 3-1. I don't know what Evander was doing with that challenge on Larea there. Yeah, I think Larea does well to go down with the contact, yes. right? Like, he knows he's in the box. He feels the contact. He's doing nothing but going down. He also puts his body in a way where if for, if he, he's like, if for some reason, you know, Vander, if the defender is foolish enough to go through me, uh, you're going to make a play for the ball. They're going to have to go through me, and therefore I'll, I'll when I feel the contact, I'll go down. And so, yeah, yeah it was it was. It's like if you're a defender, decision. you just don't give the no. attacker that opportunity to do that. No, yeah. But good, good, uh, good PK from from Ryan. Yeah, that should have been it. And then they did let them back in. Evander in the eighty fifth. It was a nice passing play, but he was wide open in the box to to finish yeah. it. Then it was nervy, and like I, I said at the start, there it it let the crowd come back into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they hadn't silenced the crowd because the Timbers crowd, it's always a loud crowd. Win or lose, they get behind their team. But it maybe wasn't as fervorous as, as we've seen. But then you had 10 or so minutes where they were trying to really get the side. And it gave them a bit of a lift at first. But in the end, the Caps saw it out I mean, fairly, fairly comfortably in the end. A lot to like from this. The chemistry, as I mentioned... Sam and Richie, I mean, we know what good players they are, but just yeah. that added spark, and we've we've seen a bit of it tonight. The Whitecaps on the wings now, and the pressing afterwards as well, they are going to be a handful for so many teams. It, it's uh, it, it's still weird for me to see Richie Larea in a Whitecaps uniform. Yeah. Sam, uh, Sam obviously, is fine. But it's normal, but... Richie, it just still feels a bit weird every time I see him in the kid. It's like, I, think he, I think he's done really well so far, I've got oh, to say. As no, well. no, it's nothing about, Oh, no, nothing no about I know, I know yeah. you're not meaning that, but it's just, I wasn't sure. I mean, obviously, he had been playing with TFC, but I've also not had a great season. I wasn't sure if he would click as much as Sam, but if anything, he's clicked faster than Sam. In some ways, sure. Yeah. But they, they both looked good in this game, and yeah. I just I, I liked everything they did. And Ali Ahmed in the middle of the park, I thought was the the difference maker for that. Yeah. And I I was speaking to in the post game, I was asking the Vanny and the the players about that. That felt something that had been lacking the last few weeks, which was that middle of the park. And now going to the three at the back, having Sam and Richie as wing back options, wingers, however you wanted to call them. And then Ali in the middle, Bakubis, oh, it's so, so good that midfield just now. Yeah. Even tonight, Sebastian Berhalter, I thought, came in and was excellent. No, I, mean, I don't know how much you want to jump quickly into Chicago or whatever, but, man, if there's one one game where you're like, oh, okay, we could, we could survive without Kubis, it was that game against Chicago. Yeah. Although I would have liked to have seen Kubis against Shakiri, That would have been a, a fun battle 
Yeah, but I mean, they got away with one, right? Because when they, they they haven't, I mean, pre Larea and Sam, they haven't uh, pre Richie and Sam, they haven't done as well when Kubis isn't there. No, no, and, he's, he's such they, a such a, a crucial piece to them. And they didn't really miss him tonight. No. Just around at the Portland game, or the weekend's action, how Ryan Gold oh, yeah. did not I saw you get tweet about this. <laughs> player of the week, I don't know, two goals and an assist. And the guy that gets it, I mean, he's a great player, obviously, Thiago Almada, one goal and two assists. But that gets him the more votes. Probably because a lot of folk out east haven't bothered to watch Portland-Vancouver. It's just... It's baffling to me, I've got to say. Also, White made the team of the week, which I thought was maybe a bit generous. He had a decent enough game. I didn't watch all the other games, but if he'd been on the sub team of the week, I could have seen it, but doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, I guess. But, I mean, it was a great start to everything, and then they headed into Wednesday night, full of confidence in Chicago, Soldier Field, which looked terrible, the pitch. Under 10,000. Yeah, nine. I've got it here from nine. The, yeah, nine thousand something. It, it looked nine one eight seven. It looked poor. The atmosphere was poor. I tweeted out the sector Latinos behind the goal. Full credit to them for trying to yeah. get some kind of atmosphere. It was like a morgue. There was just no atmosphere at all in the game, and the second half. It was a horrible second half. I did not. I was bored out my head for a lot of that yeah. second half. It was reminiscent of some of their empty games out of Bridgeview, right? Yeah. But the stadium's even bigger and more cavernous. And yeah. I get the Whitecaps probably aren't a huge draw to people in Chicago yeah. on and a mid midweek game. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I totally get that. But I thought the whole point of moving to Soldier Field was you would have more people coming along for stuff like this because it's more central. But, I mean, off the pitch looked bad. The pitch looked horrible with the markings and yeah. the, the game itself. In the middle. Yeah, oh, yeah. The the game itself wasn't a lot to write home about, so we won't dwell too much on it. Not a classic. Including the goal. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, it was a very good first-half performance with the Whitecaps. The movement, the wing play, the the high pressing. Like, Chicago had no answer to it. And Chicago were turning the ball over. The Whitecaps were first to react to most things. They were just pouncing on the loose balls. They were breaking up plays. That was one of the best first halves all round that I think that they have played this season. Yeah, and they created a lot of chances. But you have to start taking that at this stage yeah. of the season. You definitely thought in that opening half hour or so when they had some of those really high quality chances that they were going to uh, come to regret missing them. Yeah. Gold could like have had a hat trick between the 20th yeah. and 30th minute. Yeah, well, he rounded the keeper. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, like I like I texted you, though, like Chicago was just impotent, right? Like their attack yeah. was was like was awful. I mean, Kai, Kai had a, whatever, a chance or two or a chance and a half or whatever it was, but they, they were not good. They were not good. I don't see them holding on to a playoff it, spot. Not if they... <laughs> I'm like that for sure. The goal, again, the link-up play between Gold and White, which I'll come to in a sec. We'll just talk about the goal. When I saw it, 
I was like, oh yeah, that's over the line. A couple of the angles made me question it, which is why angles are a bit weird sometimes, but it, it was over the line. Yeah, why did... Do they, do they not have proper goal line technology? No, Why MLS doesn't have it. MLS doesn't have Okay, that's what it was. Because I was like, they never showed the actual proper, you know, usual goal line technology. Yeah, I thought they had it. And it was a couple of years ago. I was like, what? How did they not know that? And then Steve had said, oh, no, they don't have it. Yeah, that's some. there's no excuse. MLS, with the money they have, they need to have that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, when, when, we, when the World Cup was here, we got a, a whole session with FIFA mm -hmm. about goal line technology and we got to wear the little watches yeah. to see. It's just instant. You know right away. It's fantastic. You've got the technology. Introduce it. Yeah. And it would have been a lot quicker. Totally. Because there was a few things tonight that I'm like, why is this taking so long to even look at that? In the second half, the thing that annoyed me the most in this game was Javain Brown getting a booking for a fantastic tackle on Shakiri. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wins the ball clean, doesn't even follow through on Shakiri with studs up or anything. He pulls himself out and his foot goes into the ground and Shakiri kind of runs into him. But because it's Shakiri, I feel, and Vanny kind of said the same thing post-game, without he just said, let's just say certain players get certain calls. Yeah, it was. It felt like reverse CPL refereeing, which we'll talk about <laughs> more, more later in the show. Oh, it's not been another good weekend. No. <laughs> Please help these guys out. Hey, I, Ish, I saw. I saw Ishmael Elfath. He's over refing in Saudi Arabia. Is he? I swear, I saw him refing a, a game in the Saudi league because the Saudi games are on the zone. So I've, I haven't watched the games, but I've seen some of the highlights. Oh, wow, I swear, I saw Ishmael. I, I, and I looked it up, and I swear, yeah, because Ronaldo was mad, I think, because Elfath called him offside or a foul, gave a foul against him or something or other. What Sadio, how many millions Sadio, he gets for that? Sadio Mane's on his team, so I've watched some of their highlights. Oh, talking to Sadio Mane, I was listening to the Sloping Pitch podcast, which is a, an English podcast that I listen to and highly recommend. They were talking about uh, your, your lad, Harry Kane, no, please don't ever go to Bayern and please don't phrase it that way, please. And they were like, I mean, it, it's fantastic for Bayern. They had all those Manny jerseys that were left over. They just have to get rid of the M, put a K, and they can just resell them. Mm -hmm. No, because um, oh, Sadio wore Sadio wore seventeen and Kane's wearing nine. Well, you might might have to burn that off as well. They should have given him seventeen and just they could just have done that then. Yeah. Anyway, we won't, we won't get you started in Bayern. <laughs> we later, we'll do it later. Yeah, later. So they they should have been out of sight by half time. And if they had been, they could have like rested gold. Yeah. Rested some of these players for, for the New York game at, at the weekend. So it was very frustrating. And you, you knew Chicago were gonna come out at the start of the second half with a, a kick up the ass. And for the first ten minutes of the second half they did. They had the deflected shot that crashed off the bar they had a right. few other yep. kind of pressing moments but then they just disappeared from the game but the white caps weren't really launching anything either it kind of i'm sure this wasn't the mindset it was kind of like well we're not really in any trouble let's not exert too much here and if we need to up our game we will 
but they, they didn't need to up the game because Chicago were awful. Yeah, like, they were. So it was a good win. Chicago were poor. We touched them in the standings. The Caps are fifth. And it's incredible. At the end of this Wednesday, St. Louis clinched a, a playoff berth for... Oh, have they clinched it yet? I think they have. Cincinnati have. Maybe St. Louis haven't, actually. Since uh, St. Louis topped 47, seven-point gap to LA in 40, Seattle in 40, Houston in 38, Vancouver 37, Salt Lake 37, Minnesota 35, San Jose 35, Dallas 33, and then just below that, Austin in 32. Still alive, Kansas and Portland. Because Dallas have done that thing again, which they were doing every year, and then they got out of it for a couple of years, and now they're doing it again. Great start, look comfortable for a playoff spot, and then inexplicably in the summer, they're just falling. And they've got a good team. It's I, I like what I've seen from Dallas. But New York City, next on Saturday... As I said, they had been five-game winless before beating Montreal 2-0 tonight. Tough one for Montreal as well. That's got to be another winnable game. I know it's going to be a tough one. Even getting a point from this would be fantastic, I think, for the, the Whitecaps just now. But the way that Gold and White are playing just now, their link-up play, their chemistry, their understanding of where each other's going to be, this is some of the best football that we've seen from a, a couple of white caps that I can remember in the MLS era. I'm liking the two-striker system. I like a two-striker system. I feel it's very underused in the modern game. And mm-hmm. the two of them, it, it's really coming off just now. It could be even better, which is incredible. Ryan Gold and Brian White are in the top 10 in MLS for combined goals and assists this year. Yeah, I saw that. I, I don't know if you mentioned this earlier, Michael, but it was, I know it was on the broadcast for sure that uh, Ryan Gold is now the all-time MLS assist leader. In, yes, the White twenty-three. Or, in the White taking Caps over from Pedro. Lesser. Yeah, I mean, when you think he's still got a couple of years on his contract, what, hopefully he's here for a lot longer. Yeah, I was going to say, is there have they been trying to extend him yet, or like? I don't. It's a four-year deal. So, I mean, if I'm Ryan as well, I'm like, let's not do that at this point. Let's wait until my final. He has year. two full years left after this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so the, there's no big rush, and he, well, he he's enjoying it. By the end of next season, it has to be done, or they have to. Yeah. They should move. They should move him for something. I think it would be a they bit could. too early, but. No, like you, I mean, otherwise, then he goes for free wherever he goes next. I mean, I don't want to sound like a Donald Trump supporter, but they do need to lock him up. Lock him up. <laughs> Is that That's both his supporters and, and his the opposition now as well, yeah. <laughs> I think that's it for the MLS chat, at least Whitecaps MLS chat. We are going to be continuing the MLS chat in the next part, but we're going out east. It's been a busy couple of days in Toronto and for the Canadian men's national team. We'll be back talking about John Herdman's move to club football after this. Hi, I'm Brian White and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. So high, 
heartless Sat alone in the darkness It inspired me to sew a rainbow in the carpet Spun my love and my devotion in a circular motion The slumber was broken by a colourful potion The good and the bad get stoked And now I'm stuck with the rest Something that I never get Thought I'd go right off my chest But I didn't put a blemish on the surface If you take away my courage then I'm definitely worthless Man I love this feeling again Cause when I get into the zone there's nothing freeze my brain Save my best performance for an audience I want her to be a man Take my balls in my hand Nothing scripted, nothing tripped Just a dickhead flinging everything at the wall for fuck all But I don't regret a hang that I broke No a word that I said Dug my grave then I sung and I prayed I thought I gave the best of me I thought I'd done left to give I thought it was the end of me Storing on the edge of the earth I was ready to jump I never felt like I killed I thought I gave the best of me I thought I'd done left to give I thought it was the end of me Storing on the edge of the earth I was ready to jump You'll never guess what I held Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. And kicking off this part, it is our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for the month of August. Glasgow rapper Mog with fellow Scottish rapper Zambian Astronaut. It's a single they brought out in 2016. That was Lost Boys. And you can check out all of Mog's stuff on Bandcamp. Mog hyphen in hyphen black hyphen and hyphen white. Morgan Black and White, and also always stuffs on YouTube, Spotify, and all the other places. Zach. Speaking of Lost Boys, I uh, I met Captain Hook uh, when I was at Disneyland, and I went oh. on the the Peter Pan ride. Yeah, it's good times. Is, that- is is there a drag race happening outside your house right now? Oh, yeah, RuPaul's <laughs> here. <laughs> Hundred meter sprint. Oh, different kind of drag race. Yeah, it sounds like was that engines I heard. There's been a lot of that tonight. I don't know. Sometimes it does feel like I'm on a speedway at night. I'm sure folk are just racing up and down the the main road that's beside here when it gets to this time of night. Because we're doing another late record. It's oh, it's after midnight. Happy Thursday, everybody. <laughs> but you're talking to lost boys. Will the Canadian men's national team be oh. lost boys without John Herdman, or will they be improved boys without John Herdman? So I. Because I've been away, and this happened right at the end of my time away, and I've been so busy with work, I haven't read and listened and done all the things I would have liked to at this point. So some of my perspectives might morph in the in the coming days or weeks as we find out more about this. But okay, I mean, I'll try and share as much well, to give you a bit of insight as well during this bit that we can. But I mean, in short, as everyone now knows. The rumour started a few weeks ago that Herdman was linked with TFC. And I've got to say, and Harmy said this in last week's show, we totally thought it was leverage to get what he was wanting from Canada Soccer. It was clear 
that all the leaks to the press were coming from Herdman's camp or representatives or whatever. But it would also appear that some of it was coming from TFC and this may have been a done deal weeks ago. Mm. They just had to dot the I's and cross the T's. But I had also heard that they had got quite down the line with Bobby Smyrniotis as well. They'd even got to the stage of talking to him about figures and salary and stuff. Well, um, what... (laughs) When you talk about leverage with the CSA for Herdman going forward, he has his deal was to 2026, right? Yeah, it's not that leverage. It's for what he's wanting in, in terms, terms of, of money, training money camps. For the team and yeah. friendlies. And Travel, friendlies, everything yeah. like that. Because, I mean, it's been widely reported and Jason DeVos yeah. talked about this, I think on that Footy Prime podcast that you, you shared with me. The, they had a chance to play some games, I, th- I think, o- Oman and Uzbekistan. Right, um, something like that. And then they had to check stuff, and by the time they checked stuff, it was too late. Right. And Mexico had come in to arrange the games. I think that was the two countries. It might not have been those countries, but oh, it might actually have been a f- Korea or Japan. And then Mexico... Oh, it might have, been the Korea, might have been the Korea match that was supposed to be in London, maybe? yeah. And then Mexico came in and said, oh, we'll do that instead. But it seems to have come out this week as well that I, I'd heard also, funnily enough, on the Sloping Pitch podcast that I just mentioned in the last part, because Saudi Arabia have bought Newcastle last year, they're playing a couple of friendlies in yeah, Newcastle, which yeah. I don't know what they're expecting. For crowds. I, don't think it's going to go the way that they're wanting and it's just going to be a catalyst for protests and oh. things could get very out of hand there. I do not think that's a good idea. But it would appear that Canada what? had been offered to play Saudi Arabia in, in Newcastle, John yeah, Herdman's hometown. Yeah, let me just say this. I'll, from my experience, um, when Middle Eastern owners of stadiums want things in their stadium they'll allow them in their stadium when they don't want them in the stadium they won't allow them in the stadium well when newcastle were first bought all the newcastle fans were turning up with like the saudi headdresses on and stuff and they had to be told that's culturally inappropriate you're white people you shouldn't be wearing those things but go. no, th- this will be a catalyst for anti-Saudi protests, these games. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I really don't think that they've thought this through. And just because they own Newcastle United, I, it's not going to be a welcoming environment. But what a, what an occasion that would have been for John Herdman to have taken oh, the nice, Canadian yeah. team to play at St. James's Park. Everyone knows he, he's a Geordie boy and a magpie. Have you been to St. James's Park? Um, no, I've been to the Stadium of Light, but only for a stadium tour. Oh, okay. I've driven by St. James's Park, and I've been outside Ayrson Park, Middlesbrough's old ground. We need to talk and see if we can get stadium tours added to our app. Oh. Because I, yes. I have a co- one or two of those. I haven't gone into that app since that, that, I noticed. that I noticed. night of shame that I got to bed at 3.30. Yeah. We'll talk about that on a, like off-season episode or something. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I've had I've had some folk message me asking what we're talking about, what's the app, and I've told them, and I've said I'm sorry for you, you losing your life now. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, John Herdman has left the national team to take up the reins in Toronto, although only officially 
taking the reins over from October 1st. Big Terry Dunfield? Yeah, they're, they're in good hands yeah. still, until then. I mean, when you're big Terry Dunfield, you have to have good hands. But he's in charge for the next five games. Got a win tonight. Obviously, it was yeah. the kick up the ass that he needed. Yeah. Um, it's officially to give John time to evaluate the squad and to do the handover in Canada. But it's also very clever, I think, by Herdman's camp. Because if things go tits up in September, it's not his fault. Yeah. And then if October's horrible as well, well, he hasn't had a lot of time to work with the team. Well, and, and, and let's just put it in context for those who don't follow the Eastern Conference standings, right? Toronto's win tonight put them up onto the 22 points, equal with Lionel Messi's Miami FC, who got a point tonight to put them on 22 points, and they now share the rock bottom together in the Eastern Conference. Yes, you, but, you should mention third favorites for the MLS Cup, Miami, yeah. which is farcical. Well, I, I I think Miami was just disappointed. They thought, oh, we tied... We tied Nashville again. Surely we can go to penalties and get three points. (laughs) (laughs) And see, Messi is a bust in MLS. No goals tonight. Yeah. Give me the Scottish Messi any day of the week. There you go. We also had the Swiss Messi, or the Alpine Messi, I believe he's called. Shakiri. Is that what he's called? I think it's something like that, yeah. Too too many Messis. At one point, so I, I watched the beginning of the game at the office today, and then I had to head home and so i was listening to listening to uh just a little bit of it on the radio and at one point, colin miller referred to him as shakira shakira instead of shakira well his hips don't lie <laughs> maybe if they did lie a bit more he'd get past defenders quicker oh man it's an interesting appointment for a number of things now there's there's, there's two levels for this for us to delve into the new job with Toronto and the old job. Who cares about the Canada. new job? I, I know we are mostly job. going to focus on the Canadian aspect, but we do have to touch on the the new job though. So if we look at the the whole national team situation first, the timing of his leaving is fairly good because there's not any important games coming up till November, which is the Nations League quarterfinal. That if they win, which is Copa an extremely America. important game. Game, but then now they've got two months to get the right person in, and give them no preparation for the game. Yeah, right? no, no games, no trainings, unless they somehow find money now. Well, that, that's the thing, right? It, so all the talk about this is how much were they paying John, and how much of that money can now be allocated to his replacement. Or if they get someone who they pay less, can then that money be used for well, like preparation yeah. or? I read Whatever. somewhere that there was 10 managers at the World Cup that were getting paid less than Herdman. Oh. So I so think he, he's on a big ticket. So he was number where that put him 21 in the World Cup? Yeah. So third, sorry, 22? Top 25 in the world. Yeah. I've heard that somewhere before. Yeah, because that, like, that's a, that's obviously that's a significant factor in all yeah. of this, right? I, I would, yeah. ex- well, but we'll get into the new managers bit yeah. in a sec, but I, Yeah, actually, I'll I'll save what I was going to say till later. I feel this is the right time for him to go. For him and for the national team. The team needed something to shake them up. The the Nations League and the Gold Cup kind of showed that maybe there's an underlying potential that hasn't fully been achieved. And I know the Gold Cup was like B-C squad players, 
But even at the Nations League, it just felt that things weren't fully clicking. And, I mean, we'd previously asked, after the World Cup, had John Herdman taken Canada as far as he could? Did it need a new voice in there to take them next to the next level? And he, he seems to agree in part because he feels there's another level to come from this team and said it needs freshness and it needs a different voice. There's a quote here I'll read from his press conference that says, I think the organisation's undergoing a level of leadership change. And for me, this is the time. You feel that in your gut. You feel in your heart that there's a moment in time to step off and go and fulfil another dream. And that dream was to be on the grass with players day in, day out, developing people in the way that you haven't had that opportunity, probably since we were in our residencies with the women's national team. So he's wanting to be more hands-on, which also throws up the interesting question, he's never really done that. Yeah. And there is a big difference in managing at club and at country level. Yeah, but like he said there, he has... The, the way the women were set up were almost like a club, you know, yeah. for at least for at least for significant periods of time. So, yeah, is it the exact same? No. Is it closer than a normal uh, national team coach's responsibilities? Probably. So, yeah, I, 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 lots of people have heard talk about that that aspect, and I don't think that's a significant barrier for. A John Herdman, right? Well, the interesting thing is, see, when he when he took over the men's team, there was folks saying, oh, he's never managed men before. And then other folk were like, oh, he's never managed at club level before. And now it's, he's never managed at club level for, for being at a club. But do, do you feel this was the right time for him to go? Uh, I, I see the wisdom in, in your perspective in this, Michael. I just don't think it's ideal for the... F- for the CSA as a whole. And I feel that way because for all, because he knows the limitations. He knows, I think, how to get the most out of those limitations. Uh, I think with both the men and the women, maybe more, I'm not sure, my sense would be more significantly with the women than with the men. He was able to generate revenue to help uh, progress things yes. forward, and it and you feel like that's something that's most likely going to be needed in this hour for for the for both for both programs. But you know, uh, definitely for the for for the men if they want to um, prepare well for the World Cup and you know I'll, I'll make the qualify for the the Copa America and and whatnot. But so I, I, like I said, yeah, I said to Kirk right away. I was just like, oh, this is. I understand why he's doing it. I understand why it's now. I, I just, I don't think this is great for, uh, for the, for the Federation, which has, you know, more issues than you can count on one hand. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I, I worry about in that. I worry about in that sense. I also think like, if he said before, and I think he would say again, if you were sitting down having a pint with him, that, Ideally, you know, he would have loved to keep going and to be the manager for a home World Cup for the men yep. in the same way that he, you know, was the manager for a home World Cup for the women, right? And so 
I, I, I mean, what a place in history. Yeah. That is. Has anyone? Has any? I don't think anyone's ever done I, that before. No. Well, I, I don't think anyone's ever managed a male and a women's team at a World Cup before. So he's already. Yeah, he's already got that. He's already got that one. I mean, the the one thing I would say about the timing of it, and I, I was just thinking about this today after I'd I'd put our rundown together for the show. He's not taking over till October first, and then the season's going to be ended mid-October for TFC. What was to stop him also being in charge of Canada till the end of November and still doing the TFC stuff? Because I genuinely think you could juggle that. You could, but I think he, for him, you need to make the break, right? Like it's. But th- this is such a key game. It, it's like if, if the women don't beat Jamaica and don't go to the Olympics, that's a disaster <laughs> oh, for the program. Yeah. If the men don't win a this quarterfinal and get into Copa America for preparation for 2026, it's an absolute oh, nightmare. For, pre- for preparation, for optics, yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all horrible. Um, I mean, if they might not make the Canadian appointment till after this game and just keep Mauro Biello in charge because he knows the team and the squad yeah. and just keep all, all that together, I, I think he could have waited and juggled. And I, I understand that you do have to make a clean break, but that might also be an indication as to the frustration that he has got with the CSA just now with all aspects of this. Yeah, because you got to imagine maybe they asked him to do that, but I, I think he, you you would think with the limited knowledge we have, his response would be, I'm not able to adequately prepare the squad for that game, so yeah. therefore I don't want that game on my resume. I don't want I don't want that yeah. blood on my hands. So oh, yeah, because then if you fail, yeah, it's like you can cite all these reasons, but the fan base is not going to forgive you. No. They don't want excuses. They want the results. Now, I'll, I'll share. I, I, I do. I do also want to say. Sorry, I, I, I want to go back to. Uh, as much as I think that, I would have preferred if he had stayed through to twenty twenty six, for the reasons, off the field. Mm-hmm. I I I'm not saying that I believe he's the greatest tactician or always made the greatest, you know, um, uh, you know, in game. Or even you know pregame match plans or whatever. I'm not saying I agree with all of his uh, setups, squad selections, you know, positioning of players, all that kind of stuff. Because I do, I, I that's where I, I kind of do more agree with you in terms of the squad, the players uh, can, can benefit from a different voice, from a different perspective. I just feel like holistically, for those off-field reasons, it would have been without knowing who's going to replace him. I think he is the kind of person who could have got the most out of our our current limitations. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that does. Because that, that is a big worry. I mean, off the pitch, he is a great person to have had in there. On the pitch, I, I, I just feel Canada at this point needs a coach that is better tactically, that can solve the Alfonso Davies problem, for example. Just get this team playing to the ability that we feel is there, but we maybe didn't see in Qatar for whatever reasons, some of them tactical. So I, I, I think on the pitch, th- this is going to be good for Canada. My caveat for that is depending on who takes over, which we'll come yeah. to in a sec. Do, I, do you do you want to talk about the some of this, these uh, aftershocks, like like experience in California? Yeah. Yeah, like all the stuff that's coming out. Yeah. So um, let me read a couple of things here. And this is stuff that he said at the 
because I shared an article with you from the Tor- Toronto Star, but this is also right, stuff right. that he has said at the introductory press conference. So if we talk about the, the troubles of the field, John said, deep down, it's been a battle. As a human being, you go through these processes in your cycle. You just feel it in your guts, in your heart, with your family. And I've had that feeling for a while. It's not something that's just crept up on us. I think the team has been changing. Things are progressing at Canada Soccer in ways or changing there that for me, I need a different path now. Mm. Now, I watched at One Soccer did a, I think it was a one hour show on it. Um, And something that Gareth Wheeler said on it, this all surprised you, Zach. I disagreed with him. <laughs> he said he was getting quite irate and angry as if it was like a personal slight to him that Herdman had left the programme. But he's involved with TFC, so on the other hand, it's a great thing for him, surely. But anyway, he said that John Herdman's been making out that there's all these things that he was looking for and asking for. But Wheeler says that Herdman has gotten everything he wanted from the CSA. Now... I can't say if that's true or not, because I don't know what John's asked for and what he's got. A lot of what he's got, and you touched on it there, he's had to raise funds for it himself to pay for it. He's had to make the calls to donors, to sponsors, to get that done. Now, that in itself is wearing on you. Now, from conversations that we've had with him, he's he's been clearly frustrated. And we know that certain things... World Cup preparations, hotels, training camps, they were getting sorted out at the last minute. He was still making phone calls trying to get things sorted out end of August, September last year. Another thing that I I think I've mentioned this in the show before, I don't think this is breaking any confidence because it was just John sitting on me just chatting away as two guys that know each other at a WFC2 game. So he came up to, to sit beside me, but we were watching his son play and we're just chatting away about football life in general not as a media manager just two guys that have known each other for a number of years talking about the game and i said to him would you fancy a club you've always you've, there's been these rumors that you, you'd love the white caps job and he said i tell you what's exciting me just now i, I want to be in charge at Copa america I mm. want to challenge myself against these South American teams. Now, there was no need for him to lie to me or whatever yeah. because it wasn't anything apart from just us chatting away. He was really looking forward to Copa next year and you could see the excitement because yeah. then he was talking about going down to Vegas for Nation League and it was the same excitement. Yeah. So for him to walk away from that, it's clear how bad things had gotten that he's like, yeah, this was a great opportunity for me, but I don't think I can even get myself to this stage. Now, other things that's come out, the CSA apparently have not been happy with them going public and stuff. And one thing that apparently really annoyed them in June was when he was on TV saying, we've got to get serious about football in this country. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was The Athletic or the Toronto Star that quoted a, an unnamed Canada soccer source saying that there were some people in Canada soccer that wanted him fired there and then. Which is moronic. Yeah. He's speaking yeah. the truth. Yeah. 
we're hosting he, he, a World Cup. Yeah. And if we don't get serious about the game, we're going to be a Qatar. Yeah, because he, in one sense, is saying, look, these people are just happy that we have the tournament. They don't actually care about winning it. And yeah. if you if you want to, football is not about about making an appearance. It's about winning, right? So, if you if you want to if you want to be serious about football, you need to be serious about winning. I, it, to me, it's 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 it says it says I don't know who said that from within. The yeah, CS- or if anyone even did say it, it's like no, but it shows made up and stuff. But no, but it show it shows uh they're they're more worried about how they're perceived as someone who's running the CSA yeah. than about how they're doing at fulfilling their mandate. And and they've had a lot of bad press going yeah. back to. I mean, I, did it? I don't know if the women were before the Panama farce cancellation or not. I can't remember when the women's stuff started to become public or if that was afterwards. It might have been before. And then, of course, there was the whole Iran debacle and everything with that as well. There's also been all these things coming out now about locker room disharmony with the national team. Now, I don't know what you've heard. I've heard stuff from people saying, yeah, there there were people in that locker room that didn't like the way that John did things and felt there needed to be a change. Sam Adekugbe was asked at, at training this week about it, and he'd, rubbish. he'd said, it's rubbish. It's like, I don't believe these things. Now, I've heard from a very strongly connected source that there has been players that's been not happy. And but- there is a bit of a... And it, it's it's not even just with John Herdman. It, there's a split in that locker room about how to approach this whole labour dispute. Oh yeah, and we've known that for a, a while. I think, like, not, without sources, like, you see it. Yeah, you, you've seen how how what it means to different players, and 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 at least partly, we've observed that the players who are in. More, more significant leagues making more significant money it's less of an issue for them whereas yeah, those but it's making... not even just that there seems to be a split of a lot of the older players are driving this it's not just all the older players it's younger guys as well but then yeah. you've also got younger guys that's like yeah making good money and they're like well i i'm playing for my country i'm making good money at club level which is for me what it should be. I've seen, yeah. I know it's an old-fashioned viewpoint, maybe, but you should be playing for the jersey and for the love of your country. Yeah, the money you get from your national team shouldn't. Yeah. Not and be, I know that's not the same you. for everyone because you might have guys playing at teams in, in countries that aren't paying as much, and they want to get whatever. So there's been all these things coming out. So Herdman's quote at his press conference, and I want to read this in full. It's a little lengthy, but not too bad. There's been a lot of, I'd say, noise that you've had to deal with. I think with all of those elements, that's where this team are currently coming out of the back of a World Cup, with labour disputes and deals that individuals with deals that challenge the culture. It's not been easy, there's no doubt. Before I read the next part, that's clearly a little dig at Alfonso Davies, who has arranged his own likeness deal. Which I said in the show, I didn't think was a good look because it breaks from the pack. Yeah, and I take that that's what what John's meaning from that, and I I agree with him. It doesn't help team if you're fighting for it, and one guy's going off and arranging his own thing. It's not a good look. I don't care who it is. Yeah, 
It doesn't help just, unity. Yeah. It doesn't help build the brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John went on to say, with all the agendas at play, and I think you're well aware in the media of many of these agendas that are at play in the Canadian soccer landscape, I can walk away proud with many memories, with some great relationships still intact, and excited for the future of Canada soccer. We've got 2026 World Cup and so much to look forward to. It's not flat out denying or confirming that there's been disharmony, but reading that and between the lines, there's clearly been issues. There has, but like when you use language like brotherhood, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to bring a group together, you're trying to rally them, whatever. But within what family is there not difficulty? Is there yeah. not frustration? Is there not differing opinion? Like it. Well, I mean, look at the Manson family. I mean, that didn't end well for them. Oh, my God. Oh, why do you have to ruin things? <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, right? Like, just like, whenever you have a, a group of people that, of that size, you know, whatever, 20-some-odd players plus staff plus coach, like, you know, a group of whatever it is, like 30, let's say, let's say 30 to 40 people, yeah, you're not going to be – it's not a homogenous group. Yeah. It's all – all going to be yeah i mean actually my my manson family one was a bad example because they were all on the same page so what you're what i'm hearing from you is the national team needs to be more like the manson family no i'm saying no i'm saying it's not surprising that it it wasn't all it wasn't always perfect right and and that's why i think that's one of the reasons why someone like a herdman will use that to try and rally them to say look we we are we all have different agendas as Mm -hmm. the word he's using in these quotes but we need to be a brotherhood, yeah. and that's what we. That's how. That's how I. That's that's the culture I'm creating. That's what I'm projecting. That's what I want you to project. That's how I want you to feel about it. And yeah, was it perfect? No. Were there some legitimate frustrations within it? For sure. Were there some that seemed less legitimate? Uh, mm-hmm. Sure. Right. Like you know, you've heard the ones about um, jogging pants. Warrior, oh, right. Yes. Right, upset about you know other keepers getting playing time and him him leaving or whatever. Right, like yeah, that oh, doesn't yeah, help. that's the other thing that's come out, and it's like that, oh, that well, I'm, I'm gonna go gonna go home then. It's like yeah, that doesn't help the brotherhood. No, so they so they say it's an injury issue that he's leaving with or whatever. Right, but so that to me is one of the more frustrating ones I, I would say in all this. Right, yeah, you know, but but you can it's understandable. Of course, you're a mm-hmm. player and you want to play, right? Uh, Especially did, when you've like all the other players have gone back for their either vacations or clubs pre-season, and yeah. he's like, "Well, I want to play for my country." That yeah. said, it was the right decision, and I don't think he should have been part of that team anyway. And it should have been no. Sinclair that was starting, but that's oh, a whole whole other totally. thing. Totally right. But I mean, there's, uh, there's other agendas as well because there's the whole like media landscape. TSN aren't happy that they can't show these games, and it's like hatchet jobs all the time from them about the csb deal which obviously isn't perfect but it's like it's that's but i mean that's that's a non-issue not like a but isn't it it's just it's all this negative thing and if you're the national team head coach you you have have to to stand up there and answer questions on it and be the figurehead yeah but but tsn can can whine and cry all they want they're the ones who wouldn't pay for the rights. So you yeah. can't not pay for the rights. Oh, I know. Yeah, let's, let's not retread that. But you, you look at John Herdman's legacy, and it's fantastic. He 
he's won medals with the women, with the men. He's got us to All our fun. first World Cup since 1986. He's done a great job with this team. I do Nations feel he's league finalist. Yeah, I do feel he's taken it as far as it could have gone. But you've got to look back and see the culture that he's put in place. And I, I, I'm not a big fan of a lot of the motivational stuff that that he does. And um, Gareth Wheeler did say something that made me laugh because he was talking about he even flew that astronaut guy over, and he doesn't come cheap. <laughs> been talking about him getting everything that he wanted like all that stuff i'm not really into that and i do question how that's going to go down with an insigne on a Ber- bernadeschi because i don't think it went down well with the likes of scotty arfield and players like that maybe i'm wrong there but um but that aside what john herman's done for this program what he's done for this team he's installed a belief He's yeah. got people pissed off that we're not winning gold cups, we're not winning nation leagues. And when mm-hmm. you look at what the attitude to this national team was three or four years ago, John Herman's done a fantastic job. He deserves the plaudits. And he doesn't deserve some of the personal attacks that I think I've seen in some places from unnamed sources and, and stuff. Has he done everything right? No. Is he perfect? No. Is there better managers out there? Yes. Could he have been better tactically and with how he handled stuff? Yes. Managers are like that. I'd say the same about Vanny. <laughs> and it, it's like he's done a great job. His legacy is massive. And he'll he's in the annals of Canadian football and history. That said, I hope it now ends there and he fails at TFC. <laughs> I knew you were going to say <laughs> Moving on to TFC, and we'll come back to the national team in a sec. Herman said any coach in North America would give a left arm, right arm to get the job. Which is tough qualifications. Not even the head coach of the Paralympic team had to go through that. I mean, we've mentioned there's a big difference with working day in, day out with players. Now, maybe John will thrive in that. It's something he's clearly wanting to do and experience. And I'm torn. I like John. Yeah, I wish him well. I just wish it wasn't at TFC because I don't wish them well. Is is he up for that job and that challenge? Do you feel because it is a huge shout? They are an absolute clusterfuck just now. I think he's up for, it, but he's also, also you got to remember he's going. This is a, an organization run by MLSE. He's going from a situation where funds are very very limited to where if if. If he does things right, funds will be like the cash will be flowing. Well, that was the question for you because it's like, what is the approach for TFC going to be? Are they just going to keep throwing money at it because they have pissed away money on yeah, Bernadeschi and Asinje? But I'm pretty sure they can in their in their overall scheme of things. It's almost like they can write write those type of losses off. You know but what I mean? Like, that one, like, is there a never ending supply of money with them? I think so. At this mm. point, I think. Sorry, I, I, I don't know factually. My guess is at this point there still is uh, pretty significant reserves for them to continue in the vein that they have been, and even more so if they have a, a coach they believe can get the best out of that. I, they felt that obviously with Bob Bradley mm-hmm. by giving him control, by giving him, you know, access to these these type of transfers. They got burnt, I, but I think they're bringing in someone that they believe 
that can make the most out of you know the next big signings they, they'll make because I'm pretty sure both Insigne and Bernadeschi aren't going to be around. I would think term. not, but I mean the way that John was talking, it was kind of like he would love to keep them around, and who wouldn't? Oh, They're two oh, oh, fantastic oh, 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 players. What are you going to say? You don't start off October and say, "Yeah, I don't really like those Italian." Yeah, guys. that's I'm true. Get rid of them. He's not, not going to say that. Very, very good point. But for me now, TFC is at this fork in the road, and they can either keep going by throwing them the money at big name players, bringing some players up from their academy, TFC two or whatever, or they can go and say, "Right, we might have one, maybe two more years of heart, but we're going to go down the youth road." Now. If they were going to do that, I think Bobby Smyrniotis would have been the guy that got the job because he's made for that kind of role. The fact that they've given it to John and Bobby was kind of mentioned as being really far along the process, it's not to say that John is not going to go down the youth development thing, but he's not exactly got a big history of bringing youth on. Well, his, his Canada team was quite young and dynamic. I mean, he had a balance. I guess, with the yeah, but they'd already they'd already broken into yeah, that's more of what I'm meaning. This is like that's you're true. trying to find the diamonds in the rough in the academy and bring them through. And like the Whitecaps have struggled with that. And we've put a hell of a lot of investment in the residency in the academy program here. And it's only starting to see some fruits now with WFC2 and stuff like that. So I, I, I don't know what way they're going to go. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see how how he does. I think I think one of the bigger questions is: is he going to be like the the last coach and bring in his? Son? I would put money. Actually, I guess I guess Jay the, going there. Michael Michael was there before his dad. I guess actually that right. Yeah. I mean, I I think Jay Herdman had been hoping to see if what this season held in store with WFC two, see if he got a deal with the Whitecaps, and if not, maybe go and explore Europe or or whatever other options. He then got injured, and mm. it's a career-ending career injury. No, it's not. It's a season-ending injury. Just reel that back. And I think, I don't know, he might move on. He might want to be with his dad. I think that's a lot of pressure on him then to go and yeah, do that. I, I'm not saying he'll, he'll want to no. be there. It's, it, I, I posed this funny question. Well, I posed this on, on Twitter. I had a couple of trolling answers from people. Well, Herdman was with the national team. He told everyone oh, yeah, players need to go over to Europe. They need to be in that environment to develop. But now he's he in MLS. I thought he responded well to this. I thought he said, yeah, Canada still needs to be pushing players on to the highest level possible. And he's like, that's partly what I'm going to do at TFC is push players on to... Huh. I, don't, I, mean, I might be wrong, but I thought that's what I read that somewhere. So someone... I thought, I I thought, I thought, you, I thought you sent me that quote, <laughs> Oh, I, no, like, I, de- I definitely didn't do that. I, d- I did my snarky tweet about it. I yeah. am also curious, like Richie Larea, I would imagine the Whitecaps have got a deal with Nottingham Forest that's a loan to buy. That's yeah. not been confirmed officially, but that's the word in the street. But if yeah. not, I'm pretty sure John Herman would love to try and yeah. tempt Richie Larea back to TFC. And I think they get on well. Yeah. Going to end this part then. The Canadian national team, it's a worldwide search for a, a replacement. We've seen these worldwide searches before that often end up with you just having the man that's there. So I'll do this in various stages. Do you think Mauro Biello is the guy that should take over? Because he knows the squad, 
he knows the infrastructure, he would probably be a cheap option. He's got to be the interim, though, right? Like at oh, the yeah, just now, yeah. Yeah. So he's he, I, he's going to. I can't see them. I think he is in the in the role for twenty twenty three. I don't think. Yeah. I'd be a little surprised if they went with him. It would be, it would be very white caps. Yeah. For them to go to go that road after a worldwide search. But you gotta you gotta think that if they do, then that should open, free some money for the grassroots, the men's and the women's to to have more funding, right? Well, <laughs> but, that, that's that's the thing, and the other thing that plays into this as well. If Canada Soccer want a guy that's already coaching somewhere, you've got compensation to pay. Yeah. They can't afford that. No. If you want a top-tier coach, probably have to pay the same or more than Herdman was getting. Can they afford that? Can they afford, though, to go with a well, cheaper option that might re- not be the best fit? Isn't there, report, isn't there reports that there's like high levels of interest in it because of the 2026 World Cup? Yeah. Wasn't Manu reporting that? Yeah, but there's players being, or there's managers being interested. Like, I'm not saying this person's interest, I'm just picking a name. So see, Pep Guardiola was like, hey, I'd love to, to manage at a home World Cup. He's he's shown interest. Then he gets told what the salary is. Bye-bye interest. Yeah. So th- there's that aspect to it as well. So I'll, I'll get who I think you should take over in a sec, but I put this question out on Twitter today. I refuse to call it X. Just to, to get some thoughts from who people were suggesting and there there wasn't a lot of different names there was a lot of agreement in this mm. which i was kind of surprised about but pleasantly surprised um i'll give you this name first fc13 canadian soccer podcast suggested wilfried nonsi mm. interesting i like that i i think he could be my front runner but I also don't know that he would leave what he's done at Columbus. Yeah. But if it's at the end of the season, at least he would have seen the season out and then move into it. Would you really leave behind Julian Gressel to go coach the... Actually, Gressel's probably gone at the end of the year there too, right? Yeah, I think that's just a stopgap for him. But I, I like that. He's a proven winner. He's done well. The players love him. He knows a lot of them because he had a few of them at Montreal. He's got a few... Uh, Columbus, so I, that's not a bad one. Oz Sweeney says, I think someone like Bobby would be interesting. Now, I think he means Smyrni Otis and not Leonard Doozy. <laughs> Just from other tweets that Oz has sent in the past. I, I saw, I saw, was it Max um, who posted somewhere saying like, yeah, because people are like, oh, Leonard, <laughs> Leonard Doozy coached both the, the yes. point captain. And then they were like, yeah, but not very well. He didn't have his... Act- I think Max said he didn't actually have his coaching credentials. At like, different times, different yeah, times. Yeah, different times. So, yeah, Smyrniotis is obviously the one that is being referred to. I've, I've heard people mention him a bunch. Now, what I would say is I think Bobby Smyrniotis is a fantastic manager. He should be at a higher level, I think, than CPL, with all respect to CPL. He should have got this TFC job, I believe. Hmm. I don't think he should be near the national team as head coach because that's a big step from going Sigma Forge Canadian national team. I think he's a quality coach. I think he could do a job, but I agree with you. It doesn't seem like this is the moment in his 
in his journey for for this no, role. It's a big, big jump for him, and I, I, I hope he gets somewhere. This season with Forge as well, and it's the, I mean we'll touch on this in the next part. It could go either way for Forge, but he might need a change himself because he's been mm. there for so long, and they might need a fresh voice. Oz also said he'd rather see Smirniotis get a CSA board seat and help improve growth across the country, which I also agree with. He feels that we need a proven top-level international manager if we are to seriously take the next step. Now, Greg Petrie came up with a very interesting one. Thomas Christensen, the current Panama manager. He's done some good work with them. He's experienced in the region. And, as a bonus, it weakens a CONCACAF rival. Yeah. Those are all valid points. But that doesn't really excite me. This one will. Michael Phillips. Grimmy in the 604. Robbo. <laughs> Just so everyone here can go fucking mental the first time he mentions bringing Fonzie along slowly as he develops from a young world-class player into a bona fide World Cup star. <laughs> I like that one. Well, well, Robbo did play a, a role in that, but yeah. Now, AFT and photographer, residual image. We, we love Tom. We love Tom. No idea where he's coming from with this. Nick Dazovich. He said, <laughs> at the very least, he should be on the short list. No, he shouldn't, Tom. No. I think you've had heat stroke from taking photos with your camera. Dasso, yeah. I think we've talked about this before, but Dasso is in Vancouver because he wants to be with his family because he spent, you know, so much time abroad or I don't yeah. know if he was on his own for that or his family made his family travel, but he's made a choice to to do that. He's had opportunities. He'll have opportunities in the future. Um, I, I also feel he's a little bit too old school for what the national team is needing just now. Yeah, maybe. Um, here's one for you from Cameron C.D. Pryor. Julian oh, yeah. Nagelsman. It may yeah. seem like a stretch to get a big name like that, but he might take a pay cut to do it just to pad his resume. That aspect I'm not sure about. But as someone who has helped a team overachieve in a World Cup and his familiarity with Davies might help as well. Would be an yeah, interesting that's, one. Yeah, that's never going to happen because you'd have to pay Bayern a ton of money. Yeah. So that's never going to happen. Plus, Nagelsmann, Nagelsmann was not interested in coaching a national team at this yeah. point in his career. And yeah, that's. Jordi Pete also thinks Wilfred Nancy would be good and not Bobby because of the lack of international experience, although he is a great coach. Derek Cochran is one of many people that have suggested Jesse Marsh. Oh, my. He's still getting paid by Leeds, so he might do it. He's a good coach, didn't get a fair shake. Uh, Big Shiny Ball also suggested Jesse Marsh alongside Bobby Smyrniotis and Bob Bradley. I do yeah, wonder if Bob he... Bradley might be in the mix, you know. No, that'd be awful. I who, think it would be as well. But what, what, Like who? <laughs> how many times has Scotland had an English manager, Michael? And how and how well was that received? Uh Never. We have had a German. I had, I had, I had, a, yeah, I had this discussion yeah. with Axel two weeks ago. We were talking yeah. about Bertie Vogues and the disaster that he was with Scotland. I was close to getting a cap for Scotland, it felt, at that point. It was just <laughs> capping anyone that was Scottish. Yeah. We trailed too, the Faroes 2-0 in the Faroes and then got a 2-0 draw at the death. Too bad he 
too bad he wasn't around in the Ryan Gold era, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but no, seriously, like I, I loads of folk are mentioning Jesse Marsh. I don't. Who, like, why? Why would you? Why would you want an American to coach the Canadian national team? I, I, I it's not off, off the top of my head, though, he's he has done U twenty three, U twenty one, U twenty something like that with America. Oh, Jesse? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he was assistant coach to Bradley, right? Yeah. Wasn't he? Yeah, and he, yeah, did he have? He didn't have the job himself. No, but he no. coached. He's coached in Montreal, so he he understands a little I, bit of Canadian. I like Jesse Marsh. I yeah. I would not. I don't care what nationality they are. So you, I, when, I genuinely wouldn't mind if an English person managed Scotland. I I'd, I'd draw I, the line on Germans. I don't believe you. Hey. Um. Uh. I. I don't know. I would prefer if the coach of the men's and or women's national team were were not American. I I don't really like that idea. You putting all your money I, in Jorge Vilda? No, Michael, no. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Giovanni Savarese might appreciate the challenge Derek Cochran feels. And Pamaduka, just cause. And pa doesn't have any international experience, right? Yeah, Ancelotti's out because he's going to Brazil, right? Yeah. Ancelotti's been another name that is mentioned by a lot of people. Pamaduka would be an interesting one. I just don't think he's got the resume just yet to go into that. No, yeah. He needs to have been at an MLS team or a European team top level to to then go into that. I'd love to see it, but no. A couple of folk were suggesting Vanny Sartini. Not on this Twitter <laughs> thread, but on, on Facebook and stuff. Please, no. I, 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 I wonder... I don't think he's necessarily the right fit, but I wouldn't be surprised if MDS inquired about the job. Well, I was going to say, MDS, he was very close, we'll say, to getting the job before. Yeah. And maybe got a little bit screwed over. When Herdman took it? No. Or before that? I think oh. Flores. Yeah, it was no. Was it Flores or was it the other guy who was uh, not great? Oh, yeah. It's been so uh, many of them. I can't remember if it was before Flores or after Flores. It was one of those ones that he was very much in the mix yeah. and I think expecting to get it. Yeah. Now, Mark Starr has also waned a little bit as well. Yeah. But, oh, that's, I, I don't know that he's the right fit, but yeah. Who would you like? Who Who is your number one candidate just now? Um. Well, like I said, I would have preferred Herman to stay for the, for this season uh, to get us through the awkwardness that we're in or at least a year or two of the awkwardness but um you know i don't i don't even know who i want yet michael um i kind of want to hear who some of these maybe more exotic candidates are yeah um uh, to see to, to, to but we need a... to find not him but someone like a, a goose hiddink yeah that kind of guy that's going to come over and just breathe new life into it Bora Milutinovic. <laughs> Do you remember him? No. Oh, he was like a Serbian dude who like coached the Americans at USA '94, and coached Mexico oh, at a World Cup, yes. and coached like I think an African or two nation and a, a conquer another Concacaf nation. He, I think he went to like four or five World Cups with four or five different teams. Um, 
someone like that would be kind of interesting. But um, no, I, I I agree with what you're saying in terms of uh, like a Gus Hitting who has like a tremendous amount of experience. But I feel like Gus Hitting per se is not a fit because he's he feels more like a manager for a year or two, not like a four a four year plus kind of situation, which this team needs a whatever three three plus years. It's a job that a lot of managers will want. It's a very desirable job because you're guaranteed to be at a World Cup yeah. and you're the hosts. Now, with that comes added pressure, not as much maybe for a country like Canada, but, I mean, it. I could see a lot of people being interested in this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with those reports that it is garnering considerable interest. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting to see, yeah, who those names are. So I'll save my... My my opinion for once we know a little bit more about who yeah. some of those names are. Right, right now, my favourite is Wilfred Nancy, but yeah, we'll see what else it throws up. Let us know your thoughts as well. AFT in Canada on Twitter, AFT in Canada at hotmail.com. That is it for our national team chat. We've got one small final part to come. We'll be chatting Canadian Premier League, and we'll be back with that after this. Hello, it's Kai Kumar, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Keep telling myself I'll never make it I don't believe it at all Too many times I appear to be wrong All I need is a studio and people to call And the feeling of just being involved Just to be on a song See I can rhyme for days Till my mind's in a haze Till I don't know what's real anymore You know it's kind of like an atheist believing in God Logically I shouldn't be here but fear is strong Teacher said I didn't have what it takes That made me feel out of place Employer said can you fill out the space Every week I'll be in the office clearing my name Swear to God I didn't say that must be a mistake You see I can't hold back whatever's on my mind If it means I might fall behind I pick myself back up and even if my props deny That just means that I crossed a line Goodbye Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, I thought I'd go for some more Scottish rap. It feels a month for it. That is Edinburgh rapper Dico with a song just released this year, 2023, on Words SOS label. That was Fear Itself. You can find that on all the usual musical places. What are you fearing? for Vancouver FC, Zach, going into the last quarter of the season? I don't know. I'm not fearing too much. Um, well, you yeah. can't get relegated. Yeah, that's true. Not yet. Hopefully that's coming down the road. Yeah, Whitecaps under-19s moving not, up. Not for Vancouver FC, obviously, but just with, for the league as a whole. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah. I'm, I was going to say, you know, maybe... Not, not getting any more victories, but I'm, I don't fear that. So. Well, I might be going Saturday, although that curse is broken now. Sunday, Sunday, the game Sunday. Oh, I might not be going Saturday then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, finally they won without you. Yeah, I should just have said I went, <laughs> just to keep the dream alive. <laughs> it was way too hot, I could not handle that. I'll see what the weather's like on Sunday, and I might go on Sunday. I hope to get to the Halifax game as well, because I want to see Patrice. It was a it was a pretty pretty good win over Pacific. It was, and you missed it. I did. 
coming from behind. But enough of your time in the hotel room down in LA. It was also the same for Vancouver FC against Pacific. It was a very good victory. The CPL standings just now, though, they are tight as a gnat's chuff. Heading in to Sunday's top of the table clash this week between Cavalry and Pacific, mm. one point separated the top five teams. It, yeah, it felt like a very... Did you watch the game? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was. I, I only got to watch the highlights, but it felt like... A oh, very... that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I PVR'd it, like... it, and then by the time I got around to have time to watch it, I was like, I may as well just watch the highlights now. It felt like a very cavalry kind of game. If, yeah. if Felipe Fantastic was with, crowd. Yeah, if Felipe was with us, he'd be like, oh, you know, Tommy, very physical, where are you down, whatever, win a penalty, you know, score score one goal, and yeah. And it wasn't Meyer Bevan that went down for the penalty. Yeah, but he scored it, right? He did convert it, yes. Uh, that's unfortunate. The Cavalry now lead by four points. They're on 36 with seven games to go. Pacific, Ottawa, Halifax and Forge now all sit on 32 points from second to fifth respectively. So they're the ones in the playoff spots just now. York still in the hunt in sixth, three points back on 29th. And then cut adrift. Valor, seventh on 20 points. Vancouver on 17. Those two teams have still got to meet once as well. Battling to avoid the wooden spoon... You have to feel just now Valor's probably just got the edge, but I could see that one going either way. We'll come to that in a sec. I tipped Cavalry to win the regular season. I'm sticking with that. They are playing some really nice stuff just now. Yeah, like I said, I don't think Sunday's match was nice stuff. We got the result, don't get me wrong. That's what I class as nice stuff. But but they (laughs) they do have... They're moving the ball around well and like... Willie Accio's come in and has been fantastic. Yeah. Accio and obviously Ali Musi is very high quality. Meyer's great at diving. <laughs> and scoring. Uh, yeah, but more so diving. They have a good squad. But, yeah. I'm excited by Halifax Rise. I mean, my dream, because I hope to go to the CPL Championship game this year. And right. my dream is it's going to be in Halifax so I can finally get out to Halifax. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, what's his name? Uh, Nimic is it Nimic? The yeah. Center back. Yeah. Is it true? Like I've said, read a couple of high headlines. I haven't dug deep on this, but he's getting some looks from other parts of the world. Like people are paying attention to him. his. Po- possibly he's been folk has been saying he should be a guy that should be in the mix for twenty twenty six for Canada. And isn't he like? Yeah, I heard he was going to get called up because isn't he like English but also eligible for Canada or something? Yeah. Let me check this out. Because his mum and dad, I remember this from the when the Whitecaps drafted him, they were here in Goose Bay um, because... They Wait, were the Whitecaps drafted Nimic? Yeah. Oh, I forgot that. I think third, second or third round pick. I had high hopes for him. But they don't own his rights anymore? Or his MLS I rights? I don't know about that. It's I've kind of lost track of what rights get held and stuff. But yeah, his parents were, or one of his parents was at Goose Bay. He was born over here. He was born, yeah, he was born in Goose Bay, Newfoundland and Labrador. English mother, um, Irish father, and his father was with the RAF and posted at Goose Bay. Hmm. 
his family moved to England when he was one, but he was still born yeah. here. So yeah, he right. disqualify for Canada. Yeah, I saw some people calling for him to get captain or yeah, because I mean, brought he, him to a camp. He's not been involved with national teams, but he did come through the the Leeds United youth system and then his hometown club of Harrogate as well. But he's having a great season, four goals in the season so far. But he, he's playing really well, and I would have liked to have seen him in WFC too. But this has probably proved to be a, a better move for him, and he's seems to be loving life out there as well. They are playing some nice stuff as well. They've got Morelli, they've got Nimic, they're they're doing the business and I like Patrice Geyser, so Having having uh Morelli back has been huge, man. Yeah. Huge. When he scored he took his shirt off and held it up. It's like it's like, yeah, we know who you are. Someone else, whoever got the second goal did the same. It's like, okay. You guys are getting booked for this as you're getting into the business end of the season. Have a little bit more football sense yeah. than picking up stupid, silly bookings like this. That pisses me off no end, actually. Someone yeah. ends up with a, a suspension because one of their bookings was that. Anyway, let's talk about your boys. The most points Vancouver can get right now is 38 if they won out. So they could still get in the playoffs. I mean, I, yeah. I think it's safe to say, basically, they're battling for pride and for, the for jersey the con- for next year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not like I said before. I'm not. I'm not so focused on uh, on that for this season. It's more enjoying the enjoying the matches in the ground, yeah. uh, building relationships, growing the culture. Um, obviously, winning helps all that. So winning, like the the, I mean, the forge. The the last Forge match uh, in Langley was was great, right? We won two nil. It was a midweek. I think it was a it was a mid, yeah. It was a that was the night, one I was Tuesday. at. Yeah, it was a Tuesday night in June. I brought some people who had never been before to the game. They had a great time. They they've come back. They've been asking to come back. Um, so uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to going into, into this is just connecting with people. It's a long weekend. It'll be uh, it'll be fun. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the weather's it would be nice if the weather's like not smoking hot, but also not wet. <laughs> um, oh, I'd love it to rain. No, I would yeah, love to. I, I have covering in the rain. press box. <laughs> yeah, except yeah, I would love it not to rain, except for then it maybe makes the TOL think that they don't really need a roof. Uh, oh, actually, fifty point. Right now, fifty percent chance of rain on Sunday. Ooh, what's the temperature? That's in sorry. This is in Abbotsford, fourteen to nineteen. Oh, that's my kind of weather. I think I'll be there. <laughs> oh man! But um, no, in all in all seriousness, we need to talk about we need to talk about the the last game. Can we talk about that for a little bit? The York game. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to in my brains remember it. It was the game where York, just like our first CPL victory, gifted us a goal as Kintave stripped a, def- a retreating defender who had the ball. Strip the ball of him. Actually, actually, if I'm honest, Michael, if there was VAR, which the league desperately needs, as we'll talk about in a moment, I think the goal would have been called back. I think Kentav would have been called for a foul if there was VAR. He 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 makes. I think he makes foulish contact with the defender, wins the ball, passes over to a uh, fairly wide open. Um, Gabby Batar, who scores his third goal in two games. Yes. Uh, oh, it's coming back to me now. 
Yeah, and 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 they. And uh, yeah, we, and I've I've just seen the York score as it's all come back to me now. <laughs> yeah, and, we, and so we take the lead. Um, yeah, uh, I can't. I'm trying to remember the order of events now. I think we was still one nothing, or maybe it was one one at this point. But did you see the the no call on um, who was it? I will have because I watched the whole game. Uh, so one I of our players, I, I genuinely our, can't remember right I now. I think it was I think it was Kentav. We're breaking in and gets totally cut down from behind, and the referee who's behind says no foul, play on. It was totally a. It was to me. It was totally ascending off. I don't think it. I think it was just outside the box, but it was one of those moments again where I know, I know, uh, it, it uh, got the ire of. Of the of, of the fanatics and and many uh, Vancouver FC fans, uh, yeah, it, it was really really hard to watch and really 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 frustrating because it felt like just like a number of other games this year, um, we got robbed, and then the penalty. I'm trying to think the penalty. Mubuli scored a pe- the penalty, right? Yeah, uh, I think that that was a legit penalty, right? Oh was no, that? it was. Yeah, yeah, that one was legit. Okay, um, it was. It was a clumsy challenge by Caden Chung. Oh yeah, no Chung goes to kick the ball and then yeah. the ball. Yeah, it, it was unfortunate, maybe more yeah. than clumsy. It's just yeah. mistimed. Mistimed, which it was his return, right? Yeah, which, it was nice to have him back on the pitch, and unfortunate that that that, that had to happen. But um, yeah, so that whatever Mabuli scores the, the the penalty, and then I can't remember the winner now. But just the oh but it was reaching, before reaching before the winner. winner there's a handball in the box. On York? Yeah. Okay, I don't know if I've... I can't remember if I've seen that. Let me I'll try that. and pick... Because I think I only saw the highlights. Uh, oh, couldn't, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's in the highlights here. 77th minute, ball comes in, Rocco Romeo heads it, and it hits off the guy's arm. Yeah, that, okay, I think I did see that one. Because But that one wasn't that bad, I didn't think. I thought that his hand was close enough. I don't know, but then they go up the pitch and yeah, that's where it's brutal. Yeah, the, um, what you call it? the uh, the brutal thing for me was like Fubo TV didn't work in the states, and I don't have a VPN. Like, yeah, you know, I should have well, told you that because oh, no, it, I, it doesn't work with VPN either. Oh, because I tried to use it when I was down there, and it, it rejects VPN. Uh, oh yeah, and Rocco Rocco had a great goal line clearance as well in that game. Yeah, right? that was that was right after the handball incident. And then York kept the pressure oh, on. The, the, it's, yeah, it's the captain of York, number six. He's the guy who should have been sent off. He was the guy with the tackle where it's like, the dude should not have been on the pitch. Uh, he's, his hand is kind of in a natural position. That one I don't feel that hard done by in, in this game. Uh, but the earlier, man, in the first half, that it's a sending off. It's a clear sending off, man. Like, it's, there's no other... I think, I mean, we've talked about it. We won't go into tons more about it, but they've talked about having VAR light. And I think with things that's happened this year, they have to look at something. It's just, is the money there to do it properly? Well, the crazy thing is both the commentators on the on the Kintav foul, they, they both said it's a foul. It's a clear foul. Like even the, even... Even, you know, I know a lot of people don't like or feel that, you know, one soccer commentary is biased, but even both of them were like, it's a clear foul. I know, and it was against an Ontario team. Exactly. 
I hate. I don't. I don't like when people call it Ontario soccer. No, I. I, I don't either because I genuinely think what they've done for Canadian soccer to give that much time to everything is fantastic. And yeah, there might be folk involved with it that you don't like, like Larson and Wheeler, and you might not appreciate all the things. And then, like, we love Alex Gangurusic, obviously. Oh, yeah, he's and awesome. He, he, if you listen to his own podcast, he's a lot more critical than he is when he's on the one soccer stuff. Oh, yeah. So Alex wouldn't be like that unless he's told, oh, you can't be that critical. So yeah. that must be the message that's going through to them all. You've got to kind of toe the party line. So that's the only thing I don't like about it. Because it was it was Roger Thompson who should have been sent off. Um, well, uh, here's a, an, uh, 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 and he also potentially could have been given the, the penalty against him for the handball. But I, I can live with that not being called. Um, here's a totally superficial question for you, Michael. What did you think of? I think this is the first time we've seen this this year. What did you think of the white shorts with white socks with the red and black kid? I hadn't noticed until you said that, to be honest. Mm. But uh, I, I don't like that. Like East Fife's traditional colours are black and gold stripes with white shorts, and I've never liked it. I'd rather have black shorts. Mm. I just think it's too much of a, a colour clash. Yeah, because I think usually they wear white shorts with—is it black socks or I forget what they wear? But this is not this game was not the normal. But I, I I didn't mind it as a as a one day variant or whatever. I mean, there's seven games left, and you Vancouver FC play every team once now, four at home, three away. So, well, did you hear? Did you in 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 actual news of the team? Did you hear that uh, Amir uh, Kanani has uh, like gone fully pro now? No. Yeah, he because he was. Um, you know, uh, developmental or youth yeah, sports, sports, sports guy, sport. and yeah, he signed. Uh, I think it just happened like a day or two it's yesterday, today. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm a way because I've been working this week, I've not had tons of times, so I've not caught up with a lot of stuff, but oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But He's what I was going to say is, like, Vancouver can certainly play spoilers, oh, yeah, and some great games to get out. If you haven't had a chance to get out there yet, go out, watch the team. There's some exciting talent there. It would be nice if they played Ivan Mejia more than that little cameo he got the week that they signed him, especially after we spoke to him last week. So hopefully yeah, you, we'll see some you, more Ivan. Do you know why that is? No. Okay, I don't either. I, I just remember. coach his decision. I mean, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to my chat with Ivan, but I mean, he was honest that they felt he wasn't good enough and at that level earlier in the season. So maybe there's still a few doubts there from Afshin about stuff. I don't know. Hmm. But anyway, anything else you want to say about Vancouver FC before we wrap that up? Yeah, come up to the game Sunday. I think, is it 2 o'clock kickoff? I think it's two, 1 o'clock. I don't know, I thought it was I, Saturday, don't ask me. No, I've, <laughs> I I am... Standing there with my I, black pudding wondering why there's no one else there. I'm working in the morning, so I'm just hoping to get there. Oh yes, pancake, pancake. Well, pancakes, yeah. I saw you were very excited about that. I Well, I wanted to make sure they had enough if you were going, because I've seen you eat at a buffet. What buffet have you seen me eat? I was on the boat. Probably in my dreams. I don't know. They usually wear black shorts and black socks with the black and red kit. I'll be working at the the pancake breakfast. But yeah, get out to that. It'll be be good times. The south uh, the south corner of the west parking lot, right at the stadium. 
And any that haven't been sold, I believe, are getting brought into the stadium. And much like the ponchos in the Whitecaps day, they're going to get whisked onto the pitch. I'd love to see that. If that happens now, and Vancouver FC, listen to this, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Dipped in syrup and then thrown at my... Oh, thrown on the artificial pitch. Oh, And then folk will be like, hey, this one's got chocolate chips on it. And it's like, no, they're pellets. I'm joking. Thankfully, we don't have Meyer Bevan back on our pitch this year, I don't believe. <laughs> he would stick with the maple syrup. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much it for this show. Uh, we'll finish, of course, with this episode's wavelength. And I'm going back to 2012 for this episode. And there's some lyrics in this song that kind of made me think what it must be like for the Canadian men and women's national team players when this budgetary constraints maybe having to fly just economy class and all crammed in together or whatever. This is a a song by an Irish band from Kilkenny called the Holy Roman Army. It was featured on the Sing Up for the Boys in Green, a 2012 release for Ireland in Euro 2012. And it's a fictional imagination of what it was going to be like when the Irish national team were arriving at the airport to fly down for Japan and Korea in 2010. And just how irritated Roy Keane would have got by certain things. This is the Holy Roman Army. Royston flies into the heart of darkness. Since we're waiting around for the flight, maybe we go in the butler's hot chocolate, have a cup of coffee, a little chiffin square maybe? You coming, Roy? Do I look like I want a fucking tiffin square? i 
drift off, I think of the creatures far below All the life there drifting in the ocean's ebb and flow The coral, the urchins, the fish and what have you The dolphins frolic and take in the view Their time wasters, you'd never catch a shark at that Tooling around with their friends and chewing the fat You have to be ruthless That's how you get to the top of the tree Or the equivalent of a tree when you're living in the sea Brain Kenny Cunningham wakes me from my dream With his dull eyes glued to the tiny TV screen A Matthew McConaughey rom-com vehicle The plot as sweet and thick as treacle This mediocrity is what they'll tolerate Don't blame me if I can't save you from your fate He did the book and so I'm sure it's We're gone. going to slide. The Holy Roman Army, Royston flies into the heart of darkness. Fun little pastiche. Although I imagine that was pretty much what Roy Keane was like at the airport and on the flight. That is it now for this episode. Before we go though, Zach, any final thoughts? Anything that you've learned this week? Um, Where can folk find you online? You'll find me on the artist formerly known as Twitter. (laughs) uh, At Zachary A.M. Yeah, if you have a chance, get down to BMO Stadium in Los Angeles. It's uh, it's That's good. So time. weird. It is so weird, dude. They have like there's BMO ads down there. Like there's a I don't know if they bought some bank down there or whatever. They I, was I talking think to they ban- did. I was yeah. I was talking to a banker this weekend who, in my wife's family, and he was telling is that me rhyming slime. Doing. No. Oh. Um. But uh, no, they. Yeah, it was weird. All these BMO ads down there, but uh. It's a it's a nice little ground and much 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 more enjoyable to go to than uh, out in Torrance or Terrence or whatever to the University Stadium that uh, the, the old Home Depot Center whatever it's called nowadays. Um, a much better ground um, for sure. Sundays sub- Sunday September third, Vancouver FC is hosting Forge FC. It's a two p.m. kickoff, so gates will open at twelve thirty. Pancake breakfast uh, is at eleven a.m. Uh, yeah. Is it just pancakes? Is there bacon as well? Or uh, because I'm working, I have no idea. I think it's oh. just pancakes. Oh. There's going to be some fruit. I know some people are eating berries and whipped cream. Fruit, berries and whipped cream, and the like. Fruit. Yeah, You're football I... fans. <laughs> do you not have? I uh, do you not. Do I have? Do I have fruit? No. Have you ever been to IHOP? Oh, I love IHOP. Uh, I they used to be one at Brentwood. I went all the time. I haven't been to that other one. What is it? The oh, Dutch Paraka House? Oh, Panakuken? Yeah, I haven't been there. What I did IHOP have? What, what, IHOP had like the rootin' tootin' fresh and fruitin' something or other. That's oh, yeah. I, I got turkey sausages. Though. Oh, okay. It's a nod to being healthy. Let's just wrap the show up. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with another episode soon, but should be 
if it comes off, because the Whitecaps won't be playing, there's no Canada, a bumper interview special. Although we will also talk Whitecaps, New York City FC. Until then, thanks for listening, my friends. We'll be back soon. Take care and mon the Caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm-hmm.